On this week's episode of Carolina Sports Talk, we talk NFL. It's time for some playoffs. We talk a little Black Monday, National Championship in college, NBA, and so much more. Let's go! Another all-new episode of Carolina Sports Talk starts now. Can y'all feel that? Can you feel that thing that's oozing out your doggone hands? That thing is beating your doggone chest right now. Can you feel that? Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your main man, Big Cliff. You are listening on your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. Make sure you hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at Carolina Sports Talk. And to be a part of the show, you can email us at cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. Man, we had a great weekend of sports and I'm excited to jump straight into it. I was so ready, I had to tell y'all on Facebook. But it's but first, let me bring in my main man and yours, DJ Highstar. Welcome in the building, my dog. What's good, bro? Yeah. What's good? What's good? Hey, man. Everyone out there in Sportsland, what's going on? How you been, Bubba? Chilling, man. Chilling. Man, I feel like I ain't seen you in a month of Sundays, man. We, you know, used to be all around now. You busy, man, getting things done, lining in order, doing things. You, you working out here hard and whatnot. Good yeah. to see your face, my dog. Likewise. I mean, we just saw each other seven days ago, but I understand the sentiment. <laughs> Speaking of seven days ago, little did I know that seven days ago I would experience an amazing week of football like we just oh, had. Man. But um, without further ado, let's jump, jump straight into it, man. And okay. Get, and get some <laughs> I was going to ask you about your weekend. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to stop the music. Right, no, right. yeah, no, I'm stopping the music. All right, yeah. I mean, go ahead. Yeah, go that's ahead. what I'm saying. That's, <laughs> we normally go through this regular salutations. But, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I told you I was yeah. excited about the football. Right, right. Nah, I was I was as well, honestly. And honestly, it was a jam-packed week of just all sports stuff. It feels like mm-hmm. one of those shows mm-hmm. where as much as we get covered today, we're going to forget something. something. Right. So right. I'm trying to jot down everything I can. But how was your weekend, bro? Bro, it was good, man. Uh, spent a lot of time, like I said, watching ball. Um, when was, was in, had an opportunity to go down to Crux Studios. Um, yeah, I saw a picture or two. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's what's up. Um, and congrats on the new, on the, you know what I'm saying? The new uh, stuff in life that's going on I with you mean, as well. Now, nah, I am gainfully employed. Uh, multiple streams at this point, you know what I'm saying? I'm still doing my business thing, but yeah, I'm back in the corporate world a little bit, so I appreciate that. So, bro. real quick, I'll ask you. So, um, being that you stepped away from the corporate world, you pursued self-employment and, 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 um, and adding on these additional streams of income when there wasn't the you know, the employment there, the, the full-time employment, do you see, you see the value in having the regular employment now or, like, or, or have always seen it? Like, because some people, like, will uh, brainwash themselves and be like, I ain't never working for the man again and this and that and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, nah, I wouldn't that do it. Right, right, right. So you see kind of the value where that fuels everything else that you're looking to do or you got, like, a game plan going on? So me, I don't, I don't know that it's more so a, a great. Didn't mean to value. make it a life coaching type of segment no, for the listen. audience. Yeah, <laughs> but listen, we about to get into it now. It's not so much a value for me as it is a benefit. I see the benefits of it. Um, gotcha. It's it's got its bright points, of course. The the, the steady absolute income and all of that kind of stuff. 
Um, and even like with the job that I'm working now, it's something that's incredibly fast paced. It's going to be a challenge for me. And that's the only thing that I can even, you know, stomach at this point is something that's going to engage me mentally. So it's cool. I'm rocking with it. Um, looking forward to, I guess if I can, you know, get on mic, looking forward to rocking with it and uh, learning from it. But ultimately, uh, Carolina's Force Talk is my passion, man. This this year, what we're doing and even my, my side business um, with great um, marketing solutions they, they're both my passions, and so that's what I'm going to continue to pursue. But this other thing gives me an opportunity to provide more stability for those. So I'm rocking that's with it. That's what's up. That's what's up. I appreciate it. So I guess at this point. Um, right. We can <laughs> cue up the in, in RIP to John Madden as well. And I don't know. If, yeah, we did. We jumped okay. on it. Yeah. But uh, week 18 started off uh, on Saturday with the Chiefs taking care of the Broncos 28 to 24. Followed up by the Cowboys dismantling the Eagles 51-26. Washington taking care of business with the uh, New York Giants 22-7. Bengals falling to the Browns uh, 16-21. The Steelers had an overtime thriller, 16-13 in true fashion against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, On Sunday, also, the Packers fell to the Lions 30-37. The Jaguars in a shocker over the Colts 26-11. Vikings over the Bears 31-17. The Titans took care of business against the Texans 28-25. The Saints over the Falcons 30-20. The Seahawks also won over the Cardinals 38-30. 38-30. The Jets fall to the Bills, 27-10. Panthers, what are y'all doing? What are y'all doing? Panthers let's, fell to the Bills. I was going to say, let the audience guess if they won or lost. 41-17. The Dallas, excuse me, that is not the Dallas. That is the Miami Dolphins over the Patriots, 33-24. The Rams fall to the 49ers, 27-24 in overtime. And in and possibly the game of the year, the Las Vegas Raiders over the Chargers, thirty-five to thirty-two. Bro, um, there was a bunch of good football games, as you heard. The final, I think, this Week 18 thing, the league, um, they got it right, bro. Like as much as us may hate, as many of us may hate it, uh, I saw one person on social media compare uh, the analogy to the Chick Fil A. Says, as much as you may hate the office politics and everything else they got going on. Their own field product is second to none. Um, mm. Which one of these games stood out to you this week? Uh, there was a couple, to be frank, because I always have been a fan of the end of the the football season, and then really since you know Saturday football started up and stuff like that. Uh, point to be made: Thursday night uh, there was no games, but also um, on Saturday evening the routing or that. Um, Whatever the Cowboys was doing with the Eagles, there's there was a lot of games like that. So where mm-hmm. both teams um, were comfortable with where they're at, so they were like clinched playoff t- uh, berths, or they knew that they weren't going to the playoffs, so and it was like, like yeah. the games. You know, I hate to say it didn't matter, but there's <laughs> you know what I mean. A certain um, certain games that that teams treated it like that. The Cowboys. They were playing um, against the Eagles' uh, practice squad a lot of the game and, mm-hmm. and their second string. So the beginning of that game when it was so tight, that was a surprise and, and something for the Eagles to hold their hats on, even though the Cowboys ended up running away with that. Similar to the Buccaneers game um, against us. you know They it came was, out fighting. That's what I'm saying. And then as the game went on, Oh, the Bucks was like, oh, y'all thought that we was going to stop at halftime or something like oh, that? Oh, no, we still like, playing. <laughs> like, all the way through 0 0 on the clock. Like, we're going to keep playing. But um, 
again, that close game stood out to me, of course. Uh, the um, the Seahawks and Cards. Well, no, no, I'm sorry. The, the Chargers and the Raiders. But also the uh, the Pittsburgh game. Okay. And the 49ers game. Those so basically you liked all of the football this weekend. That was just like really those because, cause, yeah, and, and I, I've got my opinions on certain games and stuff like that and certain teams that that kind of wet the bed, proverbially speaking. Yeah, and honestly, that's, that's a good segue. Let's jump right into that one for me. The Colts against the Jaguars. You've mm. got the Colts with an opportunity to lock up a playoff spot. The same Colts, I'm sorry to cut you off, that just um, – pretty much manhandled the Patriots That's the one weeks back, uh, a couple weeks back or whatever. And you're playing the worst team in the league who's looking at the top pick for the second consecutive, one right after the other year. And they just completely laid a stinker, bro. Like, Carson, Carson Wentz, do, do you think they bring him back next year? Perhaps, but I think that we had a, a, a part in jinxing them. Um, <laughs> we brought up, you know what I'm talking about? Uh-uh. Hard Knocks. In season, uh, and the mm. <laughs> first in season hard knocks. Yo, we kind of we did that to y'all, Indianapolis. So uh, shout out to my Neo Khalil, one of the you know what I mean, the Colts fans that I'm that I know. I used to be a Colts fan because okay. I was a Peyton Manning fan. Heard, but, yeah. you know. They, so I think we did that to them, bro. The, I would as much as I'd like to take that credit. Carson Wentz did that to them, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. He he looked inept. He looked like he was afraid of the moment, bro. And I know a lot of people say that that was the year that um, the year that they won that he was on in, in MVP rare form and da, da, da. I, I really think had he been the quarterback through that playoff run they weren't going to win that Super Bowl that year mm. as good as he was playing there I don't I don't see it because the, he showed us who he is in big moments and since then he's never been able to reclaim the magic so um, it, it's it's a sad way to go and, and yes, like because after a great season by Jonathan um, Taylor. Taylor. And I think this game lost him the MVP, too. If he was in some people's mind in consideration and then to see what Aaron Rodgers did, and even with Aaron Rodgers playing as long as he did, knowing that they had a um, number one seed wrapped up. Now, I know he probably was doing something that a lot of the quarterbacks were doing, ensuring some guys get some um, some numbers and get some rewards and incentives, and we'll talk a little bit more about that and big deal, no thing. But um, I think this is Aaron Rodgers' MVP this year. I, I, um, my fault to cut you off, but I think, also, with mentioning Jonathan Taylor last week, I did want to put this in there real quick. Shout out and respect to Cooper Cup because I didn't give you your flowers last week when we were talking about non-quarterback MVP candidates, if you will. I don't know if he's in that conversation. <laughs> I mean, I understand he's had a great season, but awesome I don't season, know that yeah. he's in the MVP season because if you take him out of that, Robert Woods then gets to step up and has those things prior to Absolutely. the trade. Not and to mention just, what Odell Beckham's done. So there's too many weapons. But I just on wanted there. to mention his name because I didn't mention it last week, and I thought I when I listened back to the show, I was like I was being disrespectful. Person, <laughs> so. so you just obligatory. You just had to put him in there. I can't say obligatory for nothing just now, but you just got to throw him in. I get it. Um, another game that kind of stood out to me was, as you mentioned just a moment ago. The Chargers versus the Raiders, bro. Like that was. I'm and I, and I was back and forth the whole time. Set the stage, though. Okay, so for those of you who may not um, have known the Raiders, or may not have known, you've watched football. The Raiders took care of the business uh, against the Chargers in an overtime game. But what was really unique about this game, it was back and forth for much of the fourth quarter. It was the first time in sixty years that mm -hmm. the uh, that a team has converted on six. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six 
fourth down conversions. Um, and so as they as they were each time they, the Chargers back was against the wall, they would come up and, and score again and pull it in closer and pull it closer until they tied it up uh, in the final regulation uh, with penalty. It's like it literally had felt scripted um, in a and, lot of ways. And so and that's what I meant by, by set the set the like kind of set the table with it, in other words, um, to let the audience know as well earlier that day, in other words, is what I'm referring to. Right. So Pittsburgh took care of business, and they won their game. Shout out to Mike Tomlin once again. Um, you know, uh, I think he's the first coach in NFL history, but first 15 seasons, all winning records or something like that. Okay, so out. awesome, and, and shout out to him. But with Pittsburgh winning um, the way that they did, they need – well, the only thing that would – they won 16-13 to 13 against the Ravens. Mm-hmm. They were in the hunt at the time. <laughs> the only thing – like, they – the only thing that would kick them out, in other words, and the thing that um, Steeler haters around the world would need a was tie. a tie. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Set the stage. But go ahead. So give a pitch. I got you. But and that, even that in itself, because there were some scenarios last week where if this team wins and needs to tie, then that one's out and this one's in. But this was the for this to be the last week of that's the season. Saying, right. This is the last game of the season. Um, and there were even scenarios throughout the game and even into overtime where they, they come down to the, there's less than a minute left on the clock and the Chargers quarter, uh, the Chargers coach calls a timeout. And, and in that instance, it, it very much looked like the Raiders knowing the scenario that if we just kneel the ball down, they've got the ball, the score is tied, they're driving down, they're inside their 30. If they just take knees at this point, the game's over, and both of these teams make it into the playoffs. Mm. It looked like their coach and their team was in position. Now, I know I've heard people in arguments that, oh, no, we were going to win the entire time. No, they were, gonna, they were content with just taking that knee and making it into the playoffs because, yes, there have been fans. And, uh, listen, Pittsburgh fans would have been brokenhearted <laughs> that, had that happened in that scenario. But there are some who said, well, no, our kicker has never missed in the building and da, da, da. And that's cool. But anything can happen at any given time. You, it's a fumble snap. It's a block. They run it back and they win. Why take the chance? Now, if it's you, bro, you got a chance to take a knee and guarantee yourself a position or take a field goal, even if it's a high chance field goal, and still and, and chance it to be able to make it into the playoffs. Which one are you going to do? I, it's, it's a tough um, question to answer on the spot because of the and I'm not the the hedger. <laughs> Y'all know that I'm not the hedger. Right, right, so, right. You know the winner in me. It's it's selfish, but the winner in me is going for the win. I I, I just historically have despised ties. I, again, I know it's birthing a a playoff um you know seed and things like that but i i just the personally wants to kick that yeah personally goal. i hate that 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 third number that third digit on the end of a record like i i can't uh, <laughs> it, it just baffles me that that's still you know able to be had is is tied so it, you know it's wild but again i in a different universe perhaps and i'm a it's strategist like, yeah, versus yeah, a competitor then perhaps it's different but I'm just the competitor in me was like, nah, they need to win. Take that dub. And see, for me, I, I and I get what you're coming from. The announcer slash reporter slash host in me absolutely wanted to see that tie. 
and to hear the mm-hmm. cries of Steelers friend Absolutely. worldwide, that just would have been hilarious to and see because, for the entertainment factor alone. And it would have been serendipity, honestly, because um, all season long, and again, credit to Mike Tomlin because he always takes accountability for their losses and then he gives credit to the team for their wins. Mm-hmm. So credit to him. He does it in a, in a, in a classy way, um, class act. But there's so many Pittsburgh fans that live off of them winning by the skin of their teeth, and they they act like that that they're world beaters. And, and like yes, they done, so done something. All Pittsburgh fans, what's up? <laughs> oh, you sound like you want second, all that no, no, smoke. It's the second week in a row that I'm just shooting a little shot at my boy. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Be Easy. But I'm not touching it. Yeah, I'm not touching it, bro. Pause. But no, like. I, I would have loved to have seen it. Something else I would love to see is a better performance than five and twelve from the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> um, as we mentioned a little uh, in just a brief analysis of that game, it started off like they were really playing for their coaching. I thought, well, maybe do we actually have a chance to win this? I didn't want to win it based on draft position. We could have possibly have gotten higher if some other teams had lost, but um, I just really didn't expect us to get throttled that badly. And it's like. I consistently have higher hopes for this team than than I ought, and I consistently have been let down. That, like, and, bro, I, it's like I, I think I mentioned it last week, but it seemed like the either the O line is just not skilled like that, or they have something against Sam Darnold. Like because <laughs> the way that he's running, every, you running every consecutive, and place, after a while, crazy. you just kind of kind of gotta feel bad for him if if that's the right thing that I'm thinking about I mean and again we've seen him where he's had his weapons and and all of that and he's made poor decisions we've seen his poor decision making mm-hmm. we've seen him make all right satisfactory decisions and stuff like that but the way that the season ended for them and and how it tailed off where it's like the O-line's like all right we're done yeah, we're wrapping good. it up Yo. and like especially that second half like Despicable. they were just demolishing uh Sam Darnold and then the picks and all of that. It's just, it was like discouraging to be a Panthers fan. Like that's the one thing that I could, the one adjective that I would use to describe being a Panthers fan toward the end of this season. Absolutely. Discouraging. Like, yes, no hope. Like nothing. To look there's times and anybody who's listened to this program knows that like, I'm the guy that if we do this or we do that, then we can do this. I've got nothing. And that's, that's saying a lot. Uh, it appears that the coaches, uh, excuse me, the head coach, Matt rule, who a lot of people have been, Speaking a little bit louder than a whisper about getting fired, um, although he has been secured with his position for the next year, uh, he's making some choices to try to better this team as a whole. Uh, as a result, three coaches have been let go. Uh, Chase Back- Blackburn, the special teams coordinator, defensive line coach Frank Oakham, and offensive line coach Pat Meyer have all been let go. Uh, so we'll be looking for some new positions for those in addition to our offensive coordinator position. So... Um, anybody else that well go ahead no sorry no you guys go ahead I was gonna say anybody else that you see going or getting their papers before um before next season I mean and we've kind of established in other words in a who stays who goes type of scenario we've established Matt Rule I think he's good but as far as personnel and um on as far as with talent on the field and the coaches Mm -hmm. anybody else that you see that we need to get rid of or that's going to go? Yeah, and I, I, I'd i like to um, actually spend a little bit more time with that, maybe in another episode closer mm. to free agency and stuff. We can talk about it. But I know for certain that um, Dante Jackson is likely going to be a hit this year. He, Although he's got all the talent that we would need at that position, I think with a crowded 
office and just secondary. a crowded room in the secondary. Um, with him being a free agent and the money that he's going to want, he's going to be like another James Bradbury sacrifice kind of, hey, we appreciate your services. You go get your money someplace else type of role. Um, Christian McCaffrey, although the GM, Scott Federer, said this week that he's listening to trade offers, but that doesn't mean that he's going to act on any. I realistically think that if the right offer comes in for Christian McCaffrey, whether it be that he is a key component in a trade for a Russell Wilson or for um, Deshaun Watson or something of that nature, uh, I think it still remains to be seen, but I would not be surprised if Christian is no longer a Panther after this season. Uh, I want Cam Newton to go ahead and retire a Panther, um, sit down, sell some more Dan and Oikos or whatever it is he's got under armor, whomever hadn't you know fired him yet. But he recently came out with an article. Pocket er, articles. Yeah, exactly. Some hats. Brooks Brothers. Little stuff, scarves. Man. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. just something light. Hard bottom shoes. <laughs> <laughs> not, the hard, not the knockers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it recently came out in an interview that he said he has uh, optimum performance left and he's looking to be with a contender next year. Bro, you can look to be wherever you want to look to be. That don't mean nobody finna sign you. Cam Newton, and I, I've, oh, I've beaten this horse till it is dead and doesn't have any more ankles like Christian McCaffrey. Cam Newton is not the same quarterback that he was, and I do not see him being at a high enough caliber, despite whatever offensive line you put him behind, to be able to take a team into a championship. It just is what it is. I do wish him the best. I y'all can fuss with me email us cliff at carolinasportstalk.net tell me why i'm wrong but i'll just continue to let you know why i'm right so we wish him the best as well um in addition to the openings did you have anything else on the squad Mm-mm. okay in addition to the openings on Keep the pounding exactly and and lord let us have a good decent draft but that's neither here another we'll get back into that later uh we know the nfl black monday the monday after this end of the season right. can be a brutal and as a result There have been some coaches fired. The New York Giants have let go of their head coach, Joe Judge, as has mysteriously the Miami Dolphins let go of Brian Flores after the team starting unsustainable one and eight, but then going eight and one the remainder of the way, um, or winning seven out of the last eight, pardon me. Um, It's just weird, and we'll talk about that in a second. Matt Nagy is let go by the Bears, and as is Mike Zimmer with the Vikings and Vic Fangio with the Broncos. And we also know that's in addition to the two openings that were there from the early year when Urban Meyer was let go about three quarters of the way through the season and John Gruden had to retire based on the emails that came out earlier, or resign rather, um, with that. And so uh, there's a lot of openings next year, bro. And I wouldn't be surprised if one more possibly came open between now and then. I know Atlanta is in a process of a rebuild, but... Don't be surprised if there's an opening there in Atlanta mm. as well. But okay. of the firings, I guess, here on Black Monday, as well as uh, those in the early part of the year, which one do you think is the most attractive location uh, as far as coaching? We got New York, Miami. Miami, honestly, uh, the the team is there. The uh, the weather is there. Yes, sir. The, the setting. But the, the way that the team performed this year, they believe in themselves. Um, I'm very surprised by that, by that move to let go of Flores, it, you know, just because of the way that they performed and, and considering the, the, uh, the divi- or the, you know, the division that they're in, um, mm-hmm. you know, with the Bills and the Patriots in that division, you know, it's not, 
the easiest division to navigate, having to play both of those teams twice each year. So um, I was very surprised at that. But that, to me, um, outside of that, I like Denver, honestly. Uh, yeah, and those Denver, are the two. Those are probably the top two. I think the Jaguars is one that's interesting for a lot of the same reasons that you just mentioned with the Dolphins. As where they are not as developed, you can see a lot of key places. They've got a young defense. They've got what could possibly end up being one of the best quarterbacks to come out of the draft in the last 15 years. Um, and, and and they've got a lot of cap space, and they got a lot of picks, and they got a lot of early picks as well. Something that they've had for about 10 years now. But And, and that's why um, Shad, what is Shad's last name? Um, their owner. This is this is important. This coaching Khan. Chad Khan, this is his most important hire at this point because he thought it was this big swing and hit with with Urban, um, Urban but right. it didn't quite work out. And and so now it's at a pivotal point because they have so much and have wasted so much for so long. I think that this could think, really be a big pick. That's a great um, point. And I think, bro, as much as they do vetting and stuff like that on players and, and character tests and things mm-hmm. like that, it's a surprise that that these coaches have fallen due to character issues and, and things that you found out about just who they are off of the field and stuff like that. Like, oh, y'all just trust these guys to be upstanding men of of of, <laughs> of valor and honor, huh? Like, and it's like, no, no they, they are really bad people. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, good. Best of luck to all of those teams looking to fill those openings. Of the coaches that let, have been let go, which do you think is the first to get another job? Whether it be a coordinator or just Flores, who gets another job. I see, um, again, Flores, the way that he performed. Mike Zimmer, he's he's always just with his, uh, as long as he's kind of been around the fraternity of coaches, he'll have some networking and stuff going on where somebody will want to, you know, um, get his talent. And frankly, Joe Judge, honestly, I think he's gonna he's gonna land on his feet as well. Like, of course, all of these all of these guys are gonna land on their feet. Who are we? Let's kidding? be real. Yeah. Who are we kidding? <laughs> now I'm gonna tell you who I think is gonna be the first one. I think Matt Nagy will be the first to get a job. He got pitches at Roger Goodell someplace because after <laughs> the job that this dude has done everywhere else he has been, and to just keep getting opportunity after opportunity, it's <laughs> like, hey. I'm here for a job. Well, we actually have seen your resume from your last. I said no, I'm, I'm here, here for, for a job. job. You're hired. Um, can you start <laughs> on Monday? Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Appreciate it. My mm. checking number is like, dog, he got to have pictures of somebody or right. something. Cause Where can I send my direct deposit information to? <laughs> dog, yeah. But anyway, uh, it's, it's interesting to see. I, I don't want to jump into the black head coach discussion just willy-nilly, but I need to see with a league that is highly represented by African Americans at the player position, it needs to reflect it more in the coaching ranks as well. And listen, uh, first of all, again, salute again to Mike Tomlin. Um, we got a round of applause for him one more absolutely, time. Absolutely, and then also Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians gave it up about Byron yeah. Leftwich and um, Bowles or whatever like that. You know what I'm saying? He kind of gave them their credit. Uh, and and sometimes you just need that cosign, you know what I'm saying? As Thanks. bad as it sounds, that you are reassured or reaffirmed that that you can hang with the big boys, like you you can run around with, you know what I'm saying, and and and, and actually make a difference in the league or whatnot. So yeah, shout to the guys that are also doing their, you know what I mean, doing their putting thing in the work and, now. Yeah, outside of the Rooney Rule, you know what I'm saying. I, heard. I would love to see um, the former 
martial thundering herdsmen, Byron Leftwich get a chance. And I think we might have mentioned it last week or a week before, um, but I would love to see him back in Jacksonville. Yeah, it, it's that'd the be beautiful. right, 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 right. That'll be that'll that'll Serendipity. be poetry. Yeah, that'll be poetry right there. Life like poetry. The, even the and, and it and it fits scheme wise. If you look at what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have done this year offensively, a lot of that is Tom Brady and his experience and his knowledge. But the scheme itself and a lot of the play designs. You could absolutely see sunshine down there running those plays. Or in in the fact, give give Byron Leftwich a young, you know what I'm saying, guy that he can mold and that exactly. he can cultivate or whatever or build around. And let's see what let's see what we get, you know. And one of the things that I know about coaches and, and even players in the league that when they leave places, they still stay in touch with a lot of their old teammates, a lot of their old coaches. And so he still now has Tom Brady as a resource to say, hey. Not in the division. What's up? Let me pick your brain. What do you think? Da 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 da. da. Mm. And, and and those types of developments and things of that nature, and even just the approach to the game, having been around him for the last two seasons, I think that could be a really, really, really good fit for the Jaguars. And I think that would instantly, with just the draft capital that they have, the money that they have for free agency, for them to be able to get a good coach like that and implement a, a long term projected scheme. I think it could have a, a, some really good effects. And thinking about the long term scheme too, going back to the uh, Matt Rule thing. I've mentioned it before, but I want I, I think it bears stating again. Everywhere that he has gone prior to the NFL, each one of his stops in college, the first two years were losing seasons. And on the year three, at every stop, he turned it around into a winning program. I do believe that Matt Rule has a culture that he is establishing. As you said, this year, he just didn't have the right fits around him, almost in like a LeBron type feature where he didn't have the proper assistant coaches. If he gets somebody like Bill O'Brien to come in at the offensive coordinator position, somebody who's experienced, who knows, who aligns closely with what he wants, I think that culture is there to be able to win. You could see it with the players. At the end of the day, they just did not have the overall package and the talent at certain positions to be able to succeed. But I believe in Matt Rule, and I think in year three, he can absolutely turn it around. Absolutely. And uh, I didn't really say anything on that. I just kind of get through that question out to you as far as the who stays, who goes. I think one person that definitely needs to go, uh, frankly, and I've been hard on him all season long, but Robbie. Robbie really? Anderson. Yeah, man. I, I don't I don't believe in him. I don't unless unless he magically gains thirty pounds or twenty five <laughs> pounds of muscle <laughs> over the bruh, he's it's nothing that he's I don't, bro. I don't see him adding any value to our receiving core. He has, he has some speed, but he's he can get the, any kind of press or bump and run coverage or anything close where he's feeling some contact. I just don't believe in his consistency. Here's why I will, and and uh, uh, Jason Lee is going to get me for this one because like I've been the proponent of it's not just the offensive line's fault. Every problem offensively that we had this year probably stems from absolutely to, from them. I agree. Similar to what the New York Giants had experienced. They fired um, Dallas's old coach, um, redhead fella. Um, Jason Garrett. Garrett. They fired Garrett a few months ago, or a few weeks ago at this point. I think it's maybe about two months. And their production has actually gone down since he left. And so at the end of the day, at some point, you just got to have a line. You can't, the receivers don't have the time to play. Now, granted, I don't know how much of it is, well, they ain't going to be able to get me the ball. No way, I'm not going to run this full route. Or if you know the play is not right, coming to you, a run. Right, exactly. Or if a, yeah, exactly. If you know it's not designed for you, then you may not give that effort. I don't know how much of that because when he came out and said, hey, "I haven't had the focus that I should have had," that's my bad. I'm gonna get right. 
I've seen an uptick in his production since that moment. One Has page. it been great? No, but it is a, still a change. Who's to say that with the right quarterback, with the right offensive line, offensive scheme, that he can't be that blazer? Because at the end of the day, you can't teach full full. Well, I'm glad that he's still got your grace, but he You're lost done. mine. Yeah. <laughs> he's out of here. <laughs> well, I mean, it'll be interesting to see uh, what the Panthers do with that next year. Uh, but luckily, there are a good crop of athletes that are coming in in the draft next year. A few of them are actually on display in the college football playoff national championship last night or on Monday night because, you know, we air on Wednesdays, new episode Wednesday. Uh, Georgia defeats Alabama 33-18. to 18. Bro, I thoroughly, first of all, shout out to the Georgia Bulldogs winning their first championship in 40 years. Um, 14 and one overall record. Alabama falls to 13 and two. Um, what were your immediate takeaways, I guess, from the game overall, bro? Um, I mean, just great performance. I liked the 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 beginning of the game. Uh, what do you think about that? Uh, the call, <laughs> like, do you th- did you think Which it call? was a fumble? Like the initial um, the initial touchdown that was called back. Um, where Georgia scored on defense. Um, Alabama's quarterback got some quarterback pressure. It was like a Tom Brady type of oh, deal. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, do you think that that was the right call in there? That was an incomplete pass or versus or like it I should do. have been a touchdown? I think it was. Because okay. even though he didn't have the full control, you could still see it coming forward, as which was a complete stark difference than what Stetson's was. Right. If you look at Stetson's, his hand, it, the ball was moving before his hand came gotcha, forward. Gotcha. Um, Young's hand was actually coming forward with at least a piece of the ball. So Some control. Yeah, so I do gotcha. kind of rock with it. Outside of that, man, again, a Herculean effort from um, Georgia. They they actually showed, you know, some some don't quit and don't give up uh, with what they were doing. And then toward the end of the game, the way that they closed it out is always um, how I like to see people win championships you take it strong you take it you don't allow the championship to just be brought to you 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 go out there you know y'all got a little lead all right so now i know my defense about to make a statement for us to to take the game so i I definitely appreciated them for that got some ties to athens so shout out to all of the ug and just georgia in general right Mm -hmm. so shout out to all of the uga fans out there it's been kind of a a long time coming for y'all big facts the first part of the game i wasn't i was just kind of like oh here we go um, here we go. I just, oh, I could see that it looked very much like a Georgia Alabama game, and I was right. like, I'm not Alabama really excited about, about this. Up. Right? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> that the first, well, the first couple back and forths when they when they forced the uh, field goal, that's when I was like, all right, they might keep it close, but you know, just the the way that Alabama's defense, or the speed of the defense against Bennett in that first half, and and. The way they were getting to him, I was like, ah, it might get away from them a little bit. <laughs> but I was I was holding on to hope. And also, Georgia, they got uh, Charlotte Native in the middle there. He went to Mallard Creek High School. Mm. Um, uh, your boy 99. On no. What's your man's name? I don't um, know his name, but I know huge, bro. Man. Yeah. Pause. Like, I saw a buddy, like, walking, and everybody else on the field looked big. And then he looked like he was towering over everyone mm-hmm. else, bro. I was like, "Yo, that is that's a huge human being right there." Yeah, he's 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 from right right out here in the Queen City. Um, okay, I'm trying to get his name, 
But um, continue on. I'll end up getting his name. But the way that yeah, the way that their defense had had stood up, both both defenses played stellar. Let's let's just like at least it just turned out to be a good game. Let's just say that you know it, what I mean. It, very entertaining and game. Right where the explosion needed to happen, as far as explosion of touchdowns, it happened right when you need them to happen mm-hmm. in a college football game or whatnot. So and, and you make a good point as far as talking. That's one of the reasons that I appreciate college football more than pro. Like, I'm still a, a fan of the NFL because of the competition level and everything. But the way that momentum affects a college game is like nothing else in sports. Do you think it's partly because you're dealing with, with what most would call children or, or young, young men, adults, in other yeah. words? Yeah. Absolutely. That passion, that love for the game, many of them know, especially in a game like this, um, when you know that so many of them, are in their last games mm-hmm. in college. Mm-hmm. And to know that it's a transitional thing. And the pros, each year it's like, okay, it's the end of the season. We go back, see y'all next season. Or, hey, I hope I don't get traded. And you have those types of transitions. But it's more of a continual thing. With college, it's always that hope or that always, that, that knowledge or that worry that it's, hey, this is my last game. This could be it forever. Right. And so that passion. And even like with home games, like a home field advantage means more in college football than in any other sport, more than the NBA, any college, anything. That home field in football, to have 70,000 people screaming and just you could feel stadiums swaying and shaking, mm-hmm. it's it's not, it's like no other experience. So that momentum piece is definitely big for them. It's Jordan Davis, by the way. Okay. And then, yeah, I think it's understated and, and goes under understated that these guys, you know, normally from anywhere from maybe 17 years old up to mm-hmm. 22 or 23 years old, with the exception of some of these you know, older guys or whatnot, they are, um, they're fragile in, in a lot of cases. You know, we're all human. So mm-hmm. if something happens to us in front of 65, 70,000 people, if, if we make a an, an audible slip up in front of 70,000 people and all of them start booing us, we we might feel a way and be rattled for the rest of the podcast. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it, 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 I don't see it not, I don't see how it would, would not be easy to get rattled in that situation. So right. salute to those guys, man, and um, consummate professionals. Also, shout out to um, number one off of Alabama. George Pickens. No, that's yeah, the receiver, Jameson, um, Wills, yeah. Jameson Williams, I want to say. Um, you know, it's tough to see those type of injuries. He, I think he may have suffered like an ACL injury or, or something bad to his knee. Mm-hmm. Um but you know th- those guys put their their careers and their and their bodies and stuff on the line, you know, especially at these these blue chip programs and stuff where you're exactly. expected to give everything up as far as your schedule and and commit fully to the program or whatnot. And 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 that leads my mind to something else. Like we know in college, with specifically football, you have to be three years removed from high school to be able to get drafted, uh, get drafted, and make it into the NBA into the NFL. A lot of these kids' bodies aren't even fully developed. As big as they are, as strong as they are, their bodies are still going through changes. It's like, granted, I know you got your uh, Jordans, number 99 from Georgia. You got your Jordans. You got your uh, uh, clownies of the world. But at the end of the day, they're still their bodies are still developing. And so, like, it's crazy that these kids are that big, that fast, that quick, that smart. That just It's, it's a talent that mm-hmm. is God-given, and it's good to watch them boys play oh, football. Oh, man. man. Um, Speaking of that, I think it was probably the the last touchdown, the offensive touchdown throw that uh that Stetson. Bennett threw. Oh, oh Bennett. my gosh! Mm. Yeah, well Stetson, Stetson Bennett. Yeah, in other words, Same but thing. yeah, 
man, it it was like something off of the EA Sports video game. You know what I'm saying? It, tight, tight, squeeze. But it and, that, and that's like because I, I like to ask a lot of people what they prefer out of Madden and NCAA, and a lot of people say NCAA because just the gameplay. Whenever you know, whenever the game was popular, in other words, like that, and and I, right. what is it that they're bringing it back? They're I bringing say. it back, and next of course, year. with nil and stuff like that going yeah. on, it, it's yeah. a, that's a dope Get that thing, money. right? But just the the way that um, uh, 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 it's fifty. Shout out to Queens, but the way that um, just that the gameplay goes and stuff like that, and then I don't, cause I don't want to discount college football, but it looks it looks funner. It looks. You know what I'm saying? It yeah. looks like you have more fun throwing a touchdown in college than you do in the NFL, in other words. Because that's your job. What? Oh, when you get to the league, you're saying once you're oh, a professional. I guess technically it's some college kids' job, but no, but like it's it's your job job at that in point. The NFL, like, right. Oh, I got to it's get bonuses these. and money and stuff like that, which we'll I, get to, of exactly. course. But it's different things that's attached to it. Of course, you got Vegas attached to it and all the fantasy stuff attached. So, it's, yeah, it's a deeper game, in other words. It's like the, the product they put on the field is the tip of the iceberg and then everything else, like as far as the dollars and, and everything surrounding it, sponsorships, whatever, is all underneath that. You know what I'm saying? The politics of the NFL and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing that I can see how the – purists of the game want to say well no these college students are amateurs and the professionals are pros and there's got to be a distinction because at the end of the day when you start having those sets of worries even though many of these kids have had it four years at these blue chip programs anyway when you start getting to the point where these decisions that i make playing this game affect my livelihood the lives of my family and those around me um, it's a different level of responsibility that comes with, quote, the game at that point. With college, they're not supposed to, and it, it gives a bit more pure perspective for the game. So uh, shout out to the University of Georgia one more time uh, for their big win, finally getting that monkey up off their back. Leading into this season, uh, Satan, Satan. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Satan, you better get up off me. I'm telling nah, you. Saban, <laughs> former Saban assistants were 0-20 against him. Following this year, two and two. So this shout out to just them. Called this man Nick Satan. Pretty much. <laughs> Listen, you might have some uh, Clemson recruiters right. who probably in homes, low key. I mean, quite and as if you kept. peeped at the post game or whatever like that, he was genuinely happy for. Uh, I think it was more or less he was like, "Yeah, you can go ahead and get this one. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, I got listen, enough." I he said, enough. even when they went went to and were uh, meeting each other on the field, if that's right, what you're that's talking what I'm about, talking about. He yeah. was like, "Man, y'all sure kicked out a in the fourth quarter." Like he was, he was happy. Like right, he was right. mad at his team lost, but at the end of the day, he understands that and he's going to either win or lose. If go go ahead, it. what you were going to say? Cause, no, no, and I was getting ready to say that because he not only does he understand that, but he instantly had already flipped that switch and was in recruiting mode because everything that he said at that point, we had it up until the fourth quarter. Um, we just. Didn't make it. We just need some more closers, uh, and we'll we'll get it done and be back next year. Now that's already fodder. So when he gets on the recruiting trail, hey, right. you, you saw, saw what, what we I did said. for the first three quarters. Right. I need a closer. Are you right. that closer? Right. And he's already and ready. He's a, and he's a professional at this thing. And uh-huh. I think somebody, um, I think Michael Jordan might have said it, and I'm paraphrasing, but in order to be a great winner, you got to learn how to lose or something along those lines. Um, but I think that Coach Saban knows the – how sweet victories are because you've tasted the bitterness mm-hmm. of defeat. So, you know, when you start internalizing that and realize, you know, you can't, everybody can't be Floyd Mayweather out here. Hey, some people, sometimes you're going to lose, right? 
you and then if it's again with the fourth quarter, once that turnover happens, you look at the time. You know, you want to try to calculate some stuff right. in your head, like okay, we can we can do this, we can do that. <laughs> let's go for two here. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. But there is a certain point where you're like, all right, boys, look, great season. You're gonna go look around at your kids, at some of the seniors that might be crying or or whatever that that they know that they're not gonna be playing at an, at another level and stuff like that. And you might thank them for for their years of, of service that they gave you and stuff. But you know, again, he he um, exhibited professionalism at the end of that game. He did. And and honestly, the two coaches, and it's funny because it makes me think about a meme I saw this week, but the two coaches that handled it the best, in my opinion, throughout the postseason were Coach Saban and Coach Prime. I was just about to say, Coach Prime, go ahead. <laughs> uh, the, oh, I the, saw that meme, matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who, who weren't blessed enough to see it, man, it was hilarious. It, uh, as you know, they did the series of Geico commercials together where Coach Prime was being welcomed into the prime time of coaching by the legend Nick Saban, not Nick Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a still from one of their commercials. Both of them are in the blue suit, track suits, um, and it's prime time looking at him. Oh, coach, so I heard them get them the bulldogs. bulldogs got you too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so shout out to the Bulldogs right. winning national championships all around. Man, listen, somebody else said on uh, Facebook, or was it Twitter, uh, said, since Georgia went blue, the, the Braves didn't want a championship. Now the Georgia Bulldogs don't want a championship. All it, all it took was them to get right, but I'm not even going right. to talk about We're no politics. Right, We're right, not right. getting it. <laughs> now, you know what I didn't do before we got off the NFL? Right. No, I had not had a couple of questions for you, but I didn't know how you were how how we were going to talk about playoffs. Oh, just okay. Yeah, yeah. Just the, the playoff picture. The playoff in general, picture. And period. Make, maybe making what some picks and stuff like that. Yeah. Let's matter of okay. fact, let's go ahead and do that. Run through the playoffs real quick. Uh, so in the AFC, you've got the Steelers versus the Kansas City Chiefs, the Pits, the Patriots versus the Buffalo Bills in a rematch, the Bengals against the Raiders. Over in the NFC, you've got the uh, Pittsburgh. Now, this, why does everybody got to be Pittsburgh? The Philadelphia Eagles versus the Tampa Bay Bucks. San Fran against the Dallas Cowboys. The Cardinals versus the Rams. And with the both, the Tennessee Titans, number one seed in the AFC. And in the NFC, the Green Bay Packers have that seed. Those bye weeks. Yes, both awesome. have the bye weeks for the first week of the playoffs. So let's go ahead and run these games really quickly. Just give me – I won't give you ask you scores or why. Just tell me who you think's winning, and we can come back to them next week after yeah, the games. Yeah, I mean, and, and so, I'd just like to say I, this is the reason that I love the NFL and stuff is when these matchups happen and stuff, mm-hmm. like in the postseason. The, this year is especially interesting. Six of these games feature rematches from the, the regular, regular season. season. Yeah, yeah. so this is, this is going to be dope. We know it's hard to beat teams twice in a year, let alone three times in some right. of these instances. So – It'll be big. So, first up, Kansas City and Pittsburgh. Who you got? Kansas City. Okay. I'm going Kansas City, too. Patriots and the Bills. It's a tough one. I like um, I like the Bills in that. Sorry, Patriot Patty. Shout out. I got your back, Patriot Patty. I'm going with New England in that one. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's something about the way the defense is played this year. I'm, I'm rocking with them. Let's go. Uh, Bengals and the Raiders. I like the Bengals. I like the Bengals. I like the Bengals. All the way to the championship, uh, NFC champ, AFC championship, um, and they probably lose to Kansas City. Kansas City goes Super Bowl. All right, so bruh, the bruh, Eagles bruh. let the outcomes happen though, so that next week when when the playoff picture comes, you can give the updated. <laughs> you just gave your whole tree of what's gonna 
Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I figure like this. If I go ahead and tell y'all now when I actually am right, y'all know how right I was. But either way, NFC, Eagles and the Bucks. Um, I like the Buccaneers. You ready for this? I'm going in an upset. Jalen Hurts takes out the defending champion Buccaneers first round. Now he gets throttled against the Green Bay Packers, but I just need to hear that there. San Fran and Dallas. Um, I like Dallas in that one. Me too, unfortunately. Uh, and the Rams and Cardinal. And I, I like the Rams in that one. I do too. Their their defenses, yeah. Yeah, nah. So, well, y'all, if you've got different picks or if you want to go ahead and let us know what you have projected as the outcome for the playoffs, hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff, at carolinasportstalk.net. Uh, we've had some really good football, but just as good as football as him has been, basketball is starting to heat up. So, without further ado, let's run some of these basketball scores, bro. Absolutely. Um, these scores are coming from Monday, January the 10th. So I'm going to start off um, right here in Charlotte. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets took care of the Bucks, 103 to 99. The Pistons took care of the Jazz, 126 to 116. The Celtics over the Pacers. Uh, shout out to Lance Stevenson, 101 to 98. The Knicks, uh, my Knicks, beat the Spurs, 111 to 96. The 76ers uh, topped the Rockets. Pause, 111 to 91. Cavaliers narrowly uh, got by the Kings 109 to 108 and the Trailblazers beat the Nets 114 to 108 um, again so you know uh, those were the, the scores from Monday night um, one game that does stick out to me is the Hornets game uh, any any games stick out to you? Uh, yes actually um, the, I did of course we're both Hornets fans like I guess at this point in life uh, I rock with them and I enjoyed that game I actually enjoyed the going back to Sunday's games, the Warriors and the Cavs game. That was a really right. entertaining one. Absolutely. Um, oh. As was <sighs> watching yeah, my LA Lakers game. lose. Exactly. <laughs> Lakers game. And we're going to talk about both of those now. So, the, but the slate of Monday games, that that Hornets game was pretty much the one that stood out. Yeah. I just want to tell a quick anecdote. I was supposed to be at that Hornets game. Was it? Uh, all right. I was invited to the Hornets game by a close friend of mine, um, a coach church buddy of mine. And uh, for whatever reason, I heard Hornets Bucks out of his mouth and Saturday out of his mouth. He, he, he called me, I think, Saturday morning or Friday and asked me what I had going on. Uh, as you know, I had prior engagements on Saturday. I had mm -hmm. to um, do whatever I had to do as far as prior engagements. That was scheduled around 6 to 8-ish, and he was like, that's the reason I remember him saying Saturday, because he kept saying, like, oh, the game starts at 7, you know, and I was trying to think mm -hmm. of different ways I could make it happen. Right. Um, by the time that I um, decided that I wasn't going to be able to go, he's like, oh, he found someone. I'm like, cool, whatever. We went through our text exchange. And then I start seeing these highlights of, you know, what LaMelo did at the end of the game like today and stuff, like like on social. And I'm like, oh, well, these guys are a couple days late and stuff. I guess they're picking up from the weekend, you know, right, the right, weekend right. news or whatever like that. With all that football going then on. Then I see like the baby at the game. I saw a fabulous at the game. A couple of other people just posting like, yeah, yeah, LaMelo, da, da, da. And I'm like, wait a minute. Hey, yo. The game happened yesterday. <laughs> so the guy that he ended up taking or whatever like that, one of our uh, mutual friends, of course, he posted a nice little, you know, Shot with a with a real sexy caption or whatever like that, you know, 
whenever they count you out, count yourself in or whatever, he, whatever Brent put. I'm just loud you out, Brent. Whatever he put, I was like, yo, you know what? They went to that game yesterday. Because I kept, I kept saying to myself, well, did they play the Bucks twice? Right. Was the game? I know it was Did they Saturday. have a doubleheader where they played Saturday and yesterday? Right, right. A back but, and back, but. No. Wow. I, so I, I could have honestly went and made the game. So I've got some straightening to do, man. My, I got some straightening to do. Hey, yo, B, you might want to, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, the, well, the, and the beef is with, well, listen, listen, it's no beef at all because these are my church brothers, but I got to. However, comma. Yeah, I've got to I gotta find out what, what was going on, man, because the, was the, the, the expectations, um, no, it's my partner, Dale. It was Big oh, Dale. Dale from okay. the church, okay, yeah. Okay, okay, <sighs> So I um, dropped all of the names now, but listen. <laughs> You are who you y'all are. Know, exactly. Y'all know what time it is, man. But thank you again for the invite, like I told you over the phone, Dale. But yeah, that that I had to tell that anecdote real quick. I it was right there before me. And his job, when he when his job gifts him with these with, with any game tickets, because I've gone before, it's the 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 luxury box with the tablet in front of you and, and you get free food, any food you want from the whole little vibe like the the actual like go into the room that has the buffet food and go and eat there like mm. so yeah i know i missed an experience against a good team too it wasn't and like that, it was the that Pistons. part in a good game right so we're gonna make it to a charlotte's game absolutely. a charlotte hornets game and we're gonna actually i don't know about live report but we definitely see if we can't get some interviews or something while we out there overall in another game that um happened since our last recording um, Mr. Clay Thompson has returned. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my dog Clay, man. Now that's your dog. That's my dog, man. Because he wanted so bad on the Lakers. Listen, Clay, yeah. don't believe the hype, bro. All man, right? listen, bro. This is all selective and <laughs> conditional love that he's giving you, brother. Nah, not even, man. Like I, I, I'm I am at a point where I am willing to admit that I have two NBA teams. I am a that's fan. in the same conference. That are in the That's same horrible. conference. I guess I'd guess. never do it. I'd never dream of doing it in football. Even though I like a certain other team, they're still in a different conference. And I even subdue my like for that team because they're another football team. They're another person. I think team. it's because it's less games in football, perhaps. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're, you're going to see your conference or your division foes like a couple more times. Right, right, right. But no, I like Golden State, bro. I love Golden State. And I think everybody <laughs> knows that. I love yeah. Golden State. But see, so, so your justification is because yours are in two different conferences. You're cool. You're good. Two different coasts. What that got to do with the price of tea in China? Just two different coasts. I'm just giving you what my justification <laughs> is. But um, two different. You know what I mean? Time zones. But anyways, what so what do you what do you make of Draymond's decision at the beginning of the game? I I saw and for the fans that don't know, he kind of took himself out intentionally, or he was injured already. Um, took a foul and 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 ended up leaving the game. Um, you know, I again to add context. I guess he said something along the lines of, "Well, well, Clay played with a with a torn ACL, so I guess I could just." And I saw uh, that some people had, you know, how you have um, the novelty bets. Mm-hmm. So somebody, some some people, they were taping them themselves in the living room, and they had. The novelty bet that Draymond would score the first basket for Golden State, mm-hmm. and they had no idea what was about to happen, and so they're looking at the game from tip off, and they're like, "All right, let's go, let's go, Draymond!" Like all he had to do is score the first basket for Golden State, not even That's the first it. basket of the game, yeah. And he proceeds to go 
and bow and go to the side. And they're like, yo, what the? <laughs> <laughs> Insert sensor here. But yeah. I, Draymond is going to be Draymond. Bro. I mean, what do you make of that that whole move, though? You saw it? I I didn't I okay, didn't see okay. it, but I saw some of the after replays okay. or whatever. Draymond's going to be Draymond, and I think he is in a position specifically with the leadership of that team that he pretty much can do it. Exactly, exactly. Because to me, it was a self-serving move. It wasn't nothing else but wants. a self-serving move. But anyways, let's get to the game part of it. Clay Thompson. Clay was a little rusty, very visibly, but you could see he's hungry. My favorite play. The highlights. Huh? Nah, I'm saying let's talk about them highlights. My favorite play, of course. Was him getting up and it's like, oh yeah, y'all remember dunking over three or four people. <laughs> Listen, and he's not even a dunker like that because his gather, like when he goes, it's like a up, up and away. But like to see him with that enthusiasm and that spring in his leg, he didn't have any braces on. It, it, it looked, it made me happy, bro. I'm excited, and I'm instantly now going to ride the pause, the Warriors all yeah. the way to the championship, bro. Oh my god! All right, all right, all right. Welcome, because my Lakers at this point. Yo, open the back door to that bandwagon for me. Oh, sh- you can open that up, bro. I got a t-shirt and a hat for the bandwagon. What do you mean? I filled out my application. I was. I'll check the back tire air pressure on that I bandwagon, was, please. I was me. absolutely it. selected and honored for this uh, distinct code switch, flipping the script type this situation. Like, like I'm a Lakers this fan. This is blasphemous. This is the same state that we're talking about. Oh my god, bro. Listen, they could be the clip they could be the Clippers and it wouldn't make me no man ever mind, bro. Even I could never. I could never cheer for the yes. Clippers. But again, we've mentioned it before. When the Lakers were down, Golden State was basically us no, out there in that street. Stop it. And then and then saying in the gold, you know what I'm saying? Even though they got the blue and gold, the gold was close enough where it was Bro, like a stop. little bong bong. Oh my God. You know what I mean? I might be losing some sports credibility out here in these streets. But it is what it is, bro. I like Golden State. I like the way that they play. Um, I like I like the Charlotte kid on the squad. I like Clay Thompson, especially because he come into L.A. Like I like all them boys like first that, of all, bro. First of all, relax. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to tell you. <laughs> but secondly, so let's revisit real quick um, the question that you asked last week with that wonderful graphic that we have circulating around um, social media for last week's new episode Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Who had the... Greater impact, or yeah, or the the better uh, comeback performance for you. Now, are we talking games to this uh, point, or just right. to get Y'all or just to come back? Ready? <laughs> because I called out Clay, and you, you gave me all of the reasons in the world why his wouldn't be. No, I said Clay. Did you? I mean, we can always run back the tape, but I can <laughs> recall you telling me. That no, because he they oh who was going to have that greater effect? And- you know, no, I did say Kyrie, and that's why I ask: Are we talking to the point? Because the day the games that they came back, Kyrie did have a greater impact because his team won. Now they lost by six because he's looking like trash in their last game, but Kyrie makes more of an impact for that team than does the seventeen points that your boy dropped. So I'm sticking with what I said for that purpose. Now long term, it's probably going to be Clay because Clay is. A, a, even a better player too. If I'm gonna say that, he's a better player for his team's structure. I'll say that. that. Better fit for the yeah. for the Warriors and, and what they're doing. Exactly. So okay, I'm rocking with it. Um, also, shout out to Sumter's very own, uh, my man, yours, everybody's. Uh, we mentioned him last week. Whenever uh, he had, a, it seems like he's coming with highlights every week for us. Anyways, but. 
And even in the in the layup line, that's how you know he's in getting to LeBron. Line, that's bro. how you know he's getting to LeBron greatness or Kobe greatness or Russell Westbrook greatness. But um, shout out to John Morant. Um, during the game, uh, playing your Lakers, of course. Uh, <laughs> remind me who number zero is again mm. for y'all. I don't know that dude. Yes, you do, bro. It's the uh, <laughs> the point guard, bro. With, uh, it wasn't Avery what? Bradley. Who was that? Bro, what are you talking that was about, going man? for that layup. But anyways, it was a, a <laughs> attempted layup, and Ja attempted layup. <laughs> it was, and Ja uh, proceeds to soar about fifteen feet in the air. Mm. Um, the and 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 grab the the layup going up in the air with both hands. The only thing that was Snatched stopping it. him from getting it clean as one of those uh, rebound blocks, as I call them, was that his right arm kind of scraped the side of the backboard, so he couldn't get it as clean as he wanted to. But he blocked the shot with both hands and proceeded to gather the ball and lead the fast break the other way, which is uh, bar none a top five play. Of this season so far in the NBA, period. Um, Point blank and period. What? Yes, you say what to that? I say that I was right about John Morant, that he should have been the number one pick. And I stand by that he reminds me of a young Kobe with that fire that he has, with the creativity. Now, is he as skilled as Kobe was? Possibly not. Mm -hmm. But he has the it he has that hunger and he has the memphis grizzlies as a serious contender and as a national story because he himself is a superstar absolutely um definitely a superstar whenever lonzo and um went to uh new orleans uh remind me zion was already drafted Mm -hmm. that was after the draft so you're saying for them to draft um ja instead of zion um, and this is again, if you this is like if you know what's going to be happening, in other words, like this isn't you know what I'm saying? This because you got to think about where we were when that draft happened, bro, and and what Zion was to basketball world. Period. He was he was one of the biggest stories since LeBron, not one of he was the biggest thing since LeBron in that moment. Yes, absolutely. However, there was always something about Ja when he was at, at Wichita, bro, like. Not Wichita. He played at um, Murray State. He he showed who he was, bro. He he started off a little bit. I don't want to say slower, but you could see the development in both years that he played until when he came out. The athleticism that was there, the tenacity that was there. It was what he had in high school magnified, and even his rookie season, bro. Like you could see steps each year with him developing, and and he's consistently become. A better player, so I, I guess it's not something that could have been forecasted, like you to your point. But I always knew that there was something there with that fire, and I would take that as as opposed to what was present in Zion any day. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, let's look at how many games he's played, and, and even his demeanor. Like I like Zion, and I like and this is coming from a guy who likes Zion. Both of them are South Carolina kids. Right. Uh, I, I, I had the opportunity to meet Zion in real life. Uh, tried to recruit him for the institution that I was working at at that time. And the look he gave me was just like, yeah, really? nah. <laughs> you want me to play basketball for Columbia College? No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> Although they do have men's sports now. But no, uh, it was South Carolina State University. And and they're a football school. I get it. Da, da, da. But I was like, yo, man, you ever thought about coming to this date? 
no, sir. Like, it was just hilarious to him. <laughs> but, and I mean, I, I, so I to end that with a sir is the is probably the funniest part of But that. he was like, a 17-year-old, or, or at that point and, he was 16. And he said it like that, probably, looking down at you. Very much so. Like, no, and I, sir. Like, and for those who don't know, I'm six foot three, and for this cat to be looking down at me is, you know, it is what it is. But um, I, I think Jaw is a special, special talent, and I'm excited to see what continues to happen for him and the Grizzly. right plural so yeah shout out to to ja morant uh, and what he's doing over there in memphis i think i had the conversation with someone um that he completes this season and memphis gets into the playoff picture it's very easy to have him in the conversation with any kind of consistency as far as with his performance Mm -hmm. it's very easy to have him in the mvp conversation next year oh absolutely um, but moving right along, um, again, because we touched on the LaMelo ball uh, game-winning shot that he had um, against the Bucks and against the, the defending champs mm-hmm. um, or whatnot, but shout out to him. Uh, but I, I wanted to move right along to Big Deal No Thing. If, you, uh, if you're game to go ahead and, and do That's a little a Big, big deal, deal No Thing. That ain't no thing. Awesome. So we're going to start off with uh, Don Staley. She uh, accrued an accolade, and she just keeps piling them up um, with – uh, this season, uh, Don Staley became the first uh, women's head coach to beat uh, Gina Ariema and the UConn um, Huskies, or Lady Huskies, if you will. Also, the LSU um, Lady Tigers and the Stanford Lady Woman, woman Cardinals. Uh, but uh, all three of those programs, uh, monster programs, powerhouses and institutions uh, in their own right, Don Staley took all three of them down. Uh, big deal, no thing. So I'm gonna say that ain't no thing. Nah, that ain't no what thing. What you say? I'm gonna go with you actually and say no thing. Nah, that ain't no thing. So the reason I say it is because it's an accolade and it's something to quote put in the mental trophy case. The program that she's established and built there, their measurement is championships. That's all that matters. Not SEC championships. That's a great point. Not regular season championships. They're built to win national championships. Absolutely. So these are marks and benchmarks towards the goal, but the goal is to win a chip. Absolutely. I, I absolutely agree, and st- especially with me being a Yankees fan. Um, also with some of my other fandom, right? So um, teams like North Carolina and stuff mm-hmm. like that, you don't, they they don't, you know what I'm saying? It, it doesn't matter unless it's it's Final Four talking and, and things like that or, right. or looking for deep runs in the playoffs the and in pinnacle. the big dance. The Yankees, of course, are kind of known uh, for that, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, that they they play for the chips. Uh, you being, a, you know, with all respect, I, I joke around as much as I do, but you being a Lakers fan, um, that's just the the cloth that y'all are cut from as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I definitely agree in that regard. Um, I say that it's no thing, honestly, it, it, because to your point, you know, with with the when the schedule comes out, it's not as if Don Staley says circles these dates and says like we got to beat these. Oh three. my gosh, yeah, y'all, y'all got to get up it, to play for it, you know, and and be ready to perform again. No, we're gonna put the same product out on the court each and every time, a consistent effort, whether we're playing uh, Coastal Carolina or if we're playing UConn. You know, now granted they they had the loss to Missouri, and a lot of people I see a lot of people under that. Um, that graphic that I saw on social media, they're putting their comments. Yeah, but they lost to Missouri. They still got that one loss to Missouri. Again, in the grand scheme, and it's kind of a callback to what we were talking about with Nick Saban, to be a great winner, you have to know what the bitter taste of defeat is, and you have to be able to dissect what you did wrong in a loss. And I think, again, they 
took that and, and look what's, what's going on with the rest of their season regardless. You know what I'm saying? What's the chances that you think Don Staley even realized before, very likely, a reporter came to her and said, do you realize that this is the first time in history that a team has beat all three of these? She probably that, didn't even care that was or, another, or know before that. Right, and that was another part of my uh, no-thing argument was the stat is kind of sports center like very ESPN-ish yeah. where, you know, or like you call them the four-letter network and it, it, where they do that thing where they'll be like, LeBron hasn't missed a game without having a cup of water before the game <laughs> in five years with, you know what I'm saying? And been able to score 30 points. Like, so right. it was a very qualified stat, which is cool. But in my head, when the, when it, when I first started reading that stat line, mm -hmm. I'm thinking that the UConn was going to be followed by like Tennessee, um, you know, certain, again, and I know we're at a different time and stuff like that, but Texas Tech, it, it's just that, okay, we could pick these three and they happen to be on their schedule, their SEC. Well, the like Stanford. South Carolina is SEC rather, but. Right, but Stanford is, I will oh, say, yeah. on the level Established. With, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. They're, they're there. Absolutely. They're and actually the, the defending women champions, That's what I'm too. saying. And then the fact that LSU, um, I believe they've won in the past, what, like four or five years they might have. I, I think, think it was about five. So I, I understand it. But I was, again, I was like, okay, this is, a, this is a, yeah, this is a very, like, qualified stat right here. Um, but, yeah, so moving right along, uh, Tom Brady insists on staying in to get Gronk his 500K incentive. Big deal or no thing? <sighs> I'm I'm honestly torn on this, so I'm gonna say, and you know, Hedgy Murphy. That's a big deal. Nah, that ain't no. Yo, thing. yo, yo, no, no, man, <laughs> not when I'm hosting this thing. No, man, no. Go ahead and pick now. Go ahead and pick, bro. It, but it's a big deal that it's no thing. So it's no thing for you then. Yeah, it's no thing, bro. Okay. Nah, yeah. See, I, no see, thing. I helped you pick. All right, I'm gonna go with big deal. <laughs> nah, I, I was I was gonna go with big deal regardless, but go ahead. Let me know why it's no thing, bro. Because he was going to get it regardless. I, I understand. What, yes. Okay. Because if Gronk had stayed in the game and 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 Cam Newton went over there and threw, they was going to make sure that that fella got those things. So I mean, it's not a thing to me. Got you. And I say it's a big thing. And you see on our, um, on our show notes, I have in parentheses, petty, pride, or professional. And I, I do want you to answer that in a second here. But I say it's a big thing because of coming off of everything with regards with to AB, AB yes, yeah. like yes, bro, yes, yes, and instead of Tom Brady, I'm gonna call him Tom Petty. Okay, <laughs> so you think it was, he intentionally like, well, see, I do this for my friends, like on listen, some. Listen, the way that he looked at Bruce Arians whenever Bruce was like, "Yo, this is the last series or whatever like that," and he's like, "Nah, like, I'm good. No, we're gonna, yeah, we straight. Like, let me go ahead and get back out." Yeah, I think that it's a big deal. Again, it it was it was definitely him showing his petty side. And showing that, look, no, we we make sure that our that our people get our people eat. right. Um, again, so in that parentheses, again, I had petty pride or professional. What 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 pick, bro? It, but it's a big deal that it's no thing. So it's no thing for you then. Yeah, it's no thing, bro. Okay, nah, yeah. See, I, no see, thing. I helped you pick. All right, I'm gonna go with big deal. <laughs> nah, I, I was I was gonna go with big deal regardless. But go ahead, let me know why it's no thing, bro. Because he was going to get it regardless. I, I understand. What, incentive? Yes. Okay. Because Gr if Gronk had stayed in the game and 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 Cam Newton went over there and threw, they was going to make sure that that fella got those things. So, I mean, it's not a thing to me. Got you. And uh, I say it's a big thing. And you see on our um, on our show notes, I have in parentheses, petty, 
pride or professional? And I, I do want you to answer that in a second here, but I say it's a big thing because of coming off of everything with regards with to AB. AB yes, <laughs> like, yes, bro. Yes, yes. And instead of Tom Brady, I'm going to call him Tom Petty. Okay. <laughs> so you think it was, he intentionally like, well, see, I do this for my friends. Like on listen, some. Listen, the way that he looked at Bruce Arians, you. whenever Bruce was like, yo, this is the last series or whatever like that. And he's like, nah, like. I'm good. No, we're going to. Yeah, we straight. Like, let me go ahead and get back out. Yeah, I think that it's a big deal. Again, it, it was it was definitely him showing his petty side. And showing that, look, no, we we make sure that our that our people get our people theirs. eat, right? Um, again, so in that parentheses, again, I had petty pride or professional. What 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 you say, or you say what to that? Out of I, those three, out of those three, because you know I was thinking about another P to put in there. Um, <laughs> out of those three, I, I guess it's professional, just to make sure that your coworkers. You what was saying? your other P, bro? Punk? No. I said thinking of, I hadn't thought of. Gotcha. <laughs> but no, I would say professional because at the end of the day, he's looking out for his boy. So mm-hmm. it was just making sure, you know, hey, and come and I'll take it. Because Gronk literally came out of retirement for to you. come and play with him. Right. And and also what that establishes, kind of, again, another callback to Nick Saban, not Satan. <laughs> what, what does that say? Like, again, it, this might be one of Tom's you know, last years and things like that. But if he does come back or if he has to come back or just the Bucks as an organization, hey, look, y'all, you want to approve me contract or show me contract, guess what? We're going to make sure you you get it. You know what I'm saying? We're going to look out for you in the last couple. We're that type of organization. Like, it's it's establishing that almost with with Rockin' with Tom Brady. So, yeah, I guess it's professional. It's professional. Okay. All right. Moving forward, Chauncey Billups. Um after the Trailblazers, I believe, beat the Brooklyn Nets, um, but Chauncey Billups, he calls Kyrie the most skilled player at his position ever. Um, big deal or no thing? Um, what? Bro, what are you talking about, man? That's a big deal. That's all I got to say. Okay. Um, what you say on it? I'm going to go with no thing. Okay. Nah, that ain't no thing. But you go ahead Go first, uh, of course. First of all, what? What are you, bro, bro, what are you talking about, bro? Kyrie is, first of all, he's wrong. That's why it's a big deal because it's Chauncey tampering. Chauncey Billups is wrong, you're saying. Chauncey Billups is wrong. Okay. And it's tampering is what it is. I understand that your nephew, your little godson or whomever, whatever. No, no, no. No, Rod Strickland is his godfather. Oh, yeah. oh didn't know that. The more you know. Right. So I get that he has that whatever relationship, but... I, I and I even understand the argument how he's one of the skilled, but uh, we talked a little bit off air about some of the qualifications. And for me, availability matters. Um, to be able to say that you are the most skilled or the greatest skilled, you got to be on the court to show it. It, it, it makes a difference. Um, and so, we, we his documented history of playing when he feel like it, kind of being hurting sometimes, don't playing when he don't want to play. Um, that those things lead into the skill and contribute to that point for me. And so I, I don't, and, and, and in addition to that, the, I don't see anybody who is more skilled than a Kobe Bean Bryant. He came in the league with a certain level of athletic ability and a knowledge for the game, but his knowledge and his drive caused him to become that much more skilled to mimic himself after one of the greatest players ever. And then to even uh, contribute so many skills to his game from other players, from the dirt kickout to the Jordan turnaround to the AI crossover. He was the most skilled player at any position in the history of the league. So, no, I disagree highly with this. I, I understand, but again, so 
with what with respect to what Chauncey said at his position. Um, so I, I feel you on that Kobe Bryant point. But again, first first and foremost, let me say this. I, I, I exclaim that it's no deal uh, or no thing rather uh, simply because Chauncey Billups is a head coach right now for the Portland Trailblazers, right? If anything, like you said, that can be seen as um, tampering or what or whatever. Mm-hmm. Magic Johnson just went through that, <laughs> literally. Um, but at the same time, so 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 with regards to what Chauncey Billups is saying and, and doing, him saying that to me is no thing. Now, with what regards to what he said, I could see credence in that. Uh, we refer to his his Godfather and in Rod Strickland, who really. Kyrie's inside game mimics a lot um, where he's able to finish at the cup. Now, we talk about availability, especially being the best ability um, is, is availability. Listen, honestly speaking, um, of course, between the social issues, public health issues and stuff around um, the world and this unprecedented time that we are in the world, just Kyrie, to me, took a unique stance. Now, at the same time, he doesn't get a pass for me for... Um, for taking that stance. However, I believe he has a large enough sample size for us to be able to make those type of statements. One LeBron James and and others, uh, such as your Kawhi Leonard's of the world and things like that, have engaged in what we call management or load management over the years. So again, an availability thing has to be, we have to be fair and, and judge that across the board, I feel. Now again, back to the point guard of the of of the situ- like the the point guard part of it handling inside outside game. The one thing that I think is a kind of a ticker low than someone like a Magic or someone like that might be vision. Um, I mean, he has vision, of course, but right. uh, not. Uh, let me restate that. The one thing that I don't see him being better at uh, than like Magic, uh, Oscar Robertson, or like Isaiah Thomas is making his teammates better, um, being at that position and then elevating perhaps everyone consistently. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm not mad at what Chauncey Billups said. You know what I'm saying in in that yeah. in that regard. And I guess in framing it in the way that you did. Um, that's one component that I hadn't thought of because what my pro- my perspective was, I thought about like, oh, I can think of somebody better than him in this one and better than him in that one and better than him in that one. But even if he's top two in everything, I guess the law of averages yeah, wouldn't make in him. In the argument or it could be, somebody he's, could argue it in other words. I could see where the argument, now I, again, I'm going to disagree, but I could see where the argument would come from. So that's what's up. Shout out to them. Yeah, man. And I appreciate that, man. Uh, another successful Big Deal No Thing segment from your boy DJ Highstar. Okay, and for our next segment, we have a couple of young ladies who have deemed themselves to be champions among champions. Uh, now, you know, I, I feel some kind of way that I didn't win my own league, but uh, we've got some good winners here this year for both leagues. So, hi, Star, let's welcome into the show Miss Tamara Pringle, who is the champion of the Fantasy Fabulous Ladies Football League, sponsored by Carolina Sports Talk, and alongside her, Patriot Patty. We have Miss Patriot Patty, uh, also known as Nikita Clinton, the winner of the Carolina Sports Talk League. Now, yeah, straight like that. It's on. It's it's on the Instagram and stuff promoted anyhow, so it's out there. Ladies, how y'all doing tonight? Good, good. Can't complain. 
Hey, congratulations, Hi. ladies, straight from DJ High Star. Tamara, do you have any monikers or nicknames that you go by besides Tay, I guess? No. Oh, okay. You're just a winner, huh? Can't. Right. Heard you, heard you. Now, I already felt some kind of way that women won both the leagues. I get it, you know, the, the all-women's league. It is what it is. You know, they're cool. They, they do the thing. But for, for a Patriots fan to win oh. one league and then a Dallas Cowboys fan to win the other. So, right. So say say you felt the type of way about a Patriots and a Cowboys fan because, honestly, you know, there's, there's ladies out there that know more football than a lot of dudes. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, so show that respect, but say maybe it was okay. The the Patriots fan and the Cowboys fan thing that threw you off, perhaps. No, it was them ladies too. Just All coming, right. especially with with well, Patriot I'm, Patty. I'm, listen, I'm pro women as far as to our audience. <laughs> listen, anybody who listens to Carolina Sports Talk knows what time it is. But Patriot Patty, you you came in a league. Um, you you weren't even sure that you were going to do multiple leagues, and then I know you had your feelings about losing the money league. But ultimately, tell me kind of how it feels. To, to beat 11 other people and claim this. Is this your first ever fantasy championship? Yeah, it is. So how does it feel to win your first ever fantasy championship? It feels good. And the reason why it feels good is because I beat a whole bunch of guys. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> talk, I beat y'all at your own sport. Talk, like, oh, talk, here you go. <laughs> now, now, you, you, you are not... Patriot Patty, you're not <laughs> qualifying yourself now. You got to go ahead and, and give it up to the audience and qualify yourself. You saying it like you came out of nowhere and just beat the guys. You were born and bred for something like this. You know football and have known football since you was like in the womb. Am I correct? I mean, yeah, you're right. You're right. But I never really, um, I never really took fantasy as serious as I did this year. So like, mm -hmm. I was on it. I was in the waiver wire. I was trying to get right. Okay. And <laughs> you I had a couple mentors. I'm gonna be honest though. I didn't realize. I didn't realize I was like doing that good until like two weeks ago, and I'm like, oh, Trump, See, I'm up there. I'm <laughs> up I got a chance. Right, that's how it be it happening is. though. So Tate, you um, in, in in the women's league, you started off the season. I want to say ten and zero, right? That's it. You know it. And then you had a little rough patch. Tell me what you were thinking during those weeks. Were you still holding holding tight? I was fine when I lost because really I felt like. People hated me, so I really wanted to give them the, a, a couple of dubs because I was like, they don't like me, so let me go ahead and lose. You were being a little too dominant, a little too uh, 90s yeah. Bulls, early yeah. two. Okay, say no more. Mm -hmm. Now, what was your final record that you finished the season with? Um, 12 and 2, okay. and then, of course, um, undefeated the through the championship. playoffs. Well, and this question is for both of you ladies, um, and just uh, Tay, you go first. What was your favorite thing about fantasy football this year? Honestly, being I, this is my I, I play two leagues, so this league with the ladies was very so much enjoyable because it was like being able to converse with people who knew football and everything. So it was mm -hmm. almost like the fellowship was more. Um, it was just more gratifying than the actual win. Now, mind you, I love the W. However, <laughs> I, I really did enjoy the ladies. I really did. That's what's mm -hmm. up. And and yeah. Patriot Patty, what about you? I loved everything. I mean, I was just souped up to be a little coach this year. You know what I'm saying? All right. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's what's up. Well, ladies, again. I, um, I got, yeah, I got I got a quick question for both of y'all as well. Um, now, uh, bef before I get to um, the ladies, the ladies league champion, Patriot Patty, could you, <laughs> you've had one of 
my favorite, um, all-time favorite team names, um, the the Brick City Onside Chicks, a play uh, play on the word onside kick, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, okay. please. Yes, not on side chicks, not on the side chicks. Okay. Right, right, right. <laughs> There's no right. the in there. <laughs> so I just wanted to ask you, and then also ask Tay, kind of what what was the inspiration behind y'all picking y'all names? Um. Well, I wanted, of course, I'm a girl, so I'm a woman, so I wanted it to be um like ladyish. You know, mm-hmm. I ain't want to thug thug a name. <laughs> so the Brick City is, of course, where I'm from, Newark, New Jersey, nine seventeen right. city all day. <laughs> And then the onside, because that's the part of football with the onside kicks. And then mm-hmm. I'm a chick. I'm a lady. So I right. had to add the chicks in there. Rhyme with kicks. So I felt like it was it. <laughs> right, 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 right. The name, the name came through. Right. What about you, Tay? Oh, well, what, what was your team was name? Touch, my name was Touchdown Brown. Mm. Um, and so, you know. Straight just, to the point. This was yeah, the short touchdown. Mm. That was it. That's Say how less. And and on top of that, it, it was a, it was some rhyme a rhyme scheme and a rhyme pattern in there as well. So phonetically pleasing, yeah. right? <laughs> That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Congrats again, ladies. You know, from DJ High Star. I don't I don't have the swag, but uh, I'm sure that <laughs> the the show is going to be riding off something at the end of the year uh, with you guys' prizes. So. Yeah, so the champion of the fantasy, the fabulous ladies fantasy league, uh, has received her prize of two hundred dollars cash. Yeah, yeah, and then our Carolina Sports Talk League champion is actually going to receive a championship ring as soon as. Listen. <laughs> say that. Say that. Hey, as soon as she gets us her ring size, uh, she really is from Newark. <laughs> Yeah, as soon as she gets us her ring size, she'll be receiving her championship ring as well. So, ladies, we appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Both of y'all coming back next year to defend your titles? Yeah, you know yes. it. All right. That's what's up. Ladies, will y'all have a good night? We appreciate you again, and we'll talk to you a little later. Okay, thank, thank you. you, Cliff. Have Bye. a good one. Bye-bye. Yeah, man, uh, the, them ladies, they really played them some good football, man. It was fun Shout having them, them in the definitely. league this year, man. Um, all right, just before we leave, we're going to get into our emails section. It's email time. You've got mail. All right, we've actually got three emails. Dog, I've been pushing this week on social media trying to get some folks to engage, and I appreciate you guys for hitting us up. Uh, if you haven't gotten a chance to get your email submitted, Trey. <laughs> Trey, why you let him call you out like that, Trey? Uh, shoot us an email, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net to be a part of the show. If you want us to read it online and give us your name, tell us, put your name. We'll put it on there. If not, say, hey, don't read my name. I just want to be a troll or whatever, whatever. And we can get your uh, thoughts voice out here. Even yeah. a voice notes. If you want to send and record a voice message and have that featured on air, you can send that to the email as well. But we've got three this weekend. We'll start off with Al from Orangeburg. And he asks, after the NFL season is done, should Deshaun Watson go to the Browns or to the Steelers? Thank you, Al, for that. Uh, What's I- AI? <laughs> DJ Highstar, what says you? First of all, we're gonna put a little bit more respect on my on Al's name. Shout out to my my line brother from uh, 2006. Aye, aye, you know what I'm saying? Aye, that's aye, my aye, guy, aye. man. That's what yeah, I mean. It's my deuce dog. But nevertheless, uh, <laughs> the the question was a little uh, loaded, obscure, and bizarre because 
You just happen to have. Now, granted, I understand why he has the Steelers on there. I understand why he has the Browns on there. But there's a lot more teams that need quarterbacks next year as well. We just talked about mm-hmm. the situation in Indianapolis. You know, mm-hmm. of course, we know what's going on down in Carolina. So there's a lot of teams that could use uh, the services of one Deshaun Watson. I'm going to answer this like I answered it on Facebook when he posed the question to me on Facebook. Okay. Neither. The Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> and that's in the most optimistic world. I know we talked about it a little bit earlier this season, this year, um, but uh-huh. listen, at this point, arrest him in the middle of the season or whatever. <laughs> Let I us get know, about like, like eight games, eight maybe games. Nine Let games. us get seven get and one. Yeah. Exactly. Then, then go then, you know. Which is why they resigned PJ Walker. Because PJ can go ahead and ride a bench, let Deshaun get that first half Take of the, the season. Up. Yeah. All right, I'll carry it here from there. Now we got a little Philly vibe where our backup quarterback comes now, to granted, us the rest of the way and into the Super Bowl. Granted, Big Cliff, you have given different um you've 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 kind of opened my eyes and given different alternatives that we may have or that, that mm-hmm. would be attractive to come, i.e. one Russell Wilson, um, i.e. one Aaron Rodgers to come to the city. But listen, if we got a shot at getting Deshaun, especially at like a discounted rate or or something that's that's low, let's go ahead and let's go ahead bust that move. Like he's he's still physically, you know what I mean, Deshaun Watson. (laughs) And and I know they want a lot. I am fine with giving up a first round in Christian McCaffrey for him. I'm good with that. And and that's because although they want a lot, they're going to have to keep in perspective as well. This is this is Deshaun Watson, and this is the situation that we have he played around in him. A year, everything he that got we have around him. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they can they can try to leverage a lot, but at the end of the day, that counter is going to be like, well, look, y'all know what y'all know what it is that we're that we're taking on the risk that we're taking when we you know what I mean when we do this deal. So mm-hmm. I can't give you the whole kit and caboodle. Exactly, and one thing that is that number six pick that the Panthers currently hold. It's really a number five pick at this point. If you're looking at teams that want a quarterback, there maybe are two that are first round worthy. Um, and as Desmond Ritter and or Pittsburgh's quarterback, um, I want to call him Jack the Ripper, but I forget his name. But Pittsburgh quarterback. Those are the only two that I can see that being, hey, let's trade up to get these guys. Number one pick belongs to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They've got their quarterback. Indeed, they're not using that. So instantly, without knowing even it the time, bumps everything of, down, everything down. Yeah. And so they're the defensive end out of um, Texas. He's going to be the number one pick. Now everything else, the draft really starts at two, and so it's more like a number five pick. So uh, it'll be definitely interesting to see the value that that has there. So even if the Panthers trade that pick for one of those marquee quarterbacks that we've discussed, um, I, the, the team that gets it. Whether they want a quarterback or not, they may or may not use it. They may right. use it to for another team. So there's a lot. We've got a lot of different moves to be able to see made. Free agency starting pretty um, pretty soon, right after the end of the season. Um, and so it, it'll be it'll be fun. It's going to be a fun off season. Um, so if I had to answer your question, Al, as it is worded, Watson to the Browns or the Steelers? I think to the Steelers, the Browns seem like even with you know the head coach situation. They seem a little less likely to be stable enough to be competitors next year, even though a lot thought that they were going to be this year and they didn't even make the playoffs. The Steelers are a better fit and I think would be a little bit better for Deshaun Watson. So thank you, Al, for that. Uh, our next email comes to us from my guy, Polly, out in Kansas. Polly's one of the realest Panthers fans I know, man, from the city here in Charlotte, um, out there in Kansas now. But Polly writes... <clears throat> After this NFL is, nope, that is not uh, Polly, that is still Al. Let's put this dismal season behind us. 
So names that have been brought up for OC, Gruden, O'Brien, and O'Connell. I see most people clamoring for O'Connell. My question on him is, how much of the Rams' offense is him? Or is it at all McKay? Jay Gruden is a hit and miss. He had three good years as an OC in Cincinnati. In 11 to 13, enough to get him a head coaching job. Then that didn't pan out. Now, the interesting name is O'Brien, even more so if Watson is still the apple of Tepper's eye. What do you guys think? Well, Polly, first of all, thank you for your email, bro. And I 100% agree with you. Of the three of those names, I think O'Connell may like be the most likely that we might be able to get. But I would love to see Bill O'Brien come back to the NFL and take over the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Um, it, it it does for several reasons. Of course, it hedges the bet um, against Matt Rule. And I think that there are some who may say, why would Rule risk bringing somebody in who could t- potentially be his replacement? But at the end of the day, he wants to win. And so does Mr. Tepper. And I think uh, that the two of them could fit because that would allow Rule to get more into a head coaching position as opposed to having to micromanage his his coordinators. Right. Um, that was one of the beefs that, they, that him and – Brady had this past season was that he had to check in too much with him and to coordinate. And he felt like he basically was saying um, with, the, with the way he said it professionally was uh, we had a difference in philosophies. No, he didn't want to have to come and check you and say, hey, this is what I expect. This is what I want. With a Bill O'Brien, you're not going to have that problem. He's been a head coach. He's been um, successful and not as much so um, at, at the high level. But I think that offensively, he has the potential to really to really blow. And and then again, that that component with uh, Watson, that would be huge. I'd, I'd, I'd love to see that. I would really love to see that. What are your thoughts, bro? Yeah, no, I mean, to, to answer it short, it's McVay, not McKay, but also, yeah, Bill O'Brien, that's definitely who I was. Uh, what did I say? McKay. I didn't say McVay? Because his name's McVay. Your mama called him nah, McVay. I'm going to call don't, him McVay. Don't, don't correct yourself now. It's all recorded. But listen. <laughs> nah, Bill O'Brien, I think, honestly, out of those names, um, is is what's the most attractive, especially for the situation that the Panthers are in. Look, they need, um, just put it simply, man, they need a father figure uh, running their <laughs> offense. They really do. I think... Joe Brady might have been more like the wild uncle, kind of mm-hmm. like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, Let's boy. try this. Let's do this. Hey, and man, I got to go to the barber later. This is the scheme we're going to have. But I think uh, <laughs> Bill O'Brien will kind of bring some kind of structure a little bit to that to that offense and, and, and be able to see the thing that the Panthers need is somebody that's going to be able to give their offense an identity so that the Absolutely. players themselves can believe in that identity. It's like More than a Christian McCaffrey. Huh? Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So like a DJ Moore... A Robbie Anderson, a tremble, again, they look around the first three weeks, oh, man, it's going to be a, a promising, optimistic season. Great. But Christian McCaffrey is going, oh, I don't know who we are anymore. Mm-hmm. Ah, I got to, DJ Moore, oh, I got I to gotta give some more production, but I feel like it's all on me. Mm-hmm. Like, only the big catches are the ones that I'm making. Like, nobody, you know what I'm saying? It's right. just... And, and so they need somebody to come in there, establish an identity for their offense, and I think Bill O'Brien's the guy to do that. Yeah, definitely. So, again, thanks, Polly, for that email. Last up, we've got one from my guy Ray down to some of Ray writes, a win is a win. But if you think that the college football playoff game would have went the same way with a fully healthy Alabama football team, then you just don't know football. Injuries count, especially with an even with evenly matched teams. Do you think Georgia's win is tainted? 
can I can I go for it, bro? Lead on this, and you, you it sounded like you said Ray Rice, bro, at the beginning of that. I said my dude Ray down in Somerville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, listen, all of this stuff is recorded, baby. <laughs> I just want you to. So, listen what your answer was back. to the question? Exactly, no, no but to Ray <laughs> down there in Somerville. Um, shout out! I, I, I jokingly and lovingly call call your town Scummerville because I'm a Fort Dorchester <laughs> alumni. Fort Dork, is right? What they call exactly, y'all. exactly. So you know, you know, the love is there, brother. Um, but you you put it perfectly in your sentence and helped my answer a little bit. You said, "But if, but if you think if if ifs were a fifth, brother, I would not be on this sober journey that I am on for the beginning of this year." Um, you know, because, you know, ifs are just that. We know what time it is with football, especially with college football and stuff like that. Definitely listen. Y'all know the philosophy out there, guys. Next man up. All right. We got here at Carolina Sports Talk. We got the accountability uh, factor with us. Right. We like to take accountability. Our team stinks and we garbage and we accept that. We own that. We weren't saying the, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I hate if we were, but we weren't saying the whole season, oh, we would be that deal if Christian McCaffrey was still here. Oh, never that. No. It was, we accepted what happened. We gave you know, suggestions gave, on what possibly could correct I, it. Even down to me giving Hubbard his credit and, mm-hmm. and um, Abdullah, we, we, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, was optimistic choices, but we weren't hinged on the fact that. Uh, the injuries were what were holding us back as an organization. Listen, this is sports, baby. So you got to move forward. Exactly. Anything that happens. Again, if ifs was a fifth or a spliff, I wouldn't be sober right now. And honestly, that's part of the reason that I was hesitant and even bucked against those who said, oh, well, it's just the offensive line fault. Granted, a lot of the offensive problems stemmed from them. But if you've got players who, again, we talked about it earlier. They're professionals. Who, who, go ahead. Right. They realize, okay, this ain't going. They're not going to give the full potential knowing that they can. I watched DJ Moore on Sunday um, realize how close he was to a, a first down. And I granted, it's the last game of the season. You're putting everything out there. He hurdled a human being standing, boom, and just jumped over Buddy trying to get the first down. I hadn't seen him give that much effort the entire year. And that's what made me feel like at the beginning of the game, they're like, oh, we might have a shot because they're trying to really show something for Coach Rule. But then it was like half at the halftime, which we've not been able to make any adjustments correctly afterwards. It's like, yeah, nah, we got they got yeah, nah, we we, we did our thing first half, y'all boy. I'll see y'all at Fan Fest. <laughs> like, no, nah, mm-hmm. come on, bro. So, so you give UGA more of the credit versus Having a quote unquote full healthy Alabama team, right? You play who's lined up in front of you, and and I honestly think that it was it a freak went the and, same it, way. It was, and it was a freak injury from Jamison Williams, mm-hmm. but both sides, I think, and we've talked about it kind of since the beginning of the season. But Georgia has been putting pads on people since the beginning of the season. Alabama the same. So since if we're talking, if we if we thinking we're talking about football and um, talking about. SEC football at that. It just means more. And you're gonna you you're you're you you're par for injuries. I hate to say it like that, but you're you're par for something, you know, for things happening. And for for um for Alabama, it happened in the championship game. And also we can't discount the fact that UGA took advantage of that. They exactly. could have very much easily folded because guess what? Alabama's second, third string practice squad people 
are better than a lot of these team starters that are out there. Now, granted, not UGA, of I course. I want to say, because they... Of course. No, we're not going to disrespect UGA <laughs> right, and say yeah, that. But, but, but again, to my point... There are teams, even in the league, in the SEC. That's what I'm saying. To my yeah. point, there's people... The, the quarterback um, from Alabama, I think, came from California. Or there's there's a quarterback that they have on their roster that's from California, bro. So you know how many programs he had to get, like look over, or that were Literally, that were yeah. clamoring for him from the West Coast to to Texas and the Midwest and, and all of that stuff to get all the way over here to the to the dirty South and and want to play for Nick Saban and still not be guaranteed a starting spot because all of the top recruits are going to be coming here or whatever like that and trying <laughs> to prove themselves. Like so, no, they they got a farming system out there where. The next man up is just as good, if not better, or or not a bigger uh, prodigy than the person that's in the position. At the beginning of the season, when Georgia played Clemson in week one in the big, big matchup, the announcers have their packs of information that they go through on who's what position, who's the backup and everything so that they can speak intelligently and, and actually entertain us during the games. Stetson was not on their pack. They didn't have Period. any information about him at the beginning of the season. So based on injuries, poor play, he was bumped into that position. And it's the same thing that Alabama had to come overcome. Uh, granted, it was in a much smaller uh, turnaround, but it's the same thing. He could have been just trashed like that. So it's, again, with the next man up, with those four or five-star athletes that they have at just about every position, I don't feel bad for them. They yeah. they they had the talent there, and I'm not sure that had Williams not gotten hurt that the outcome of the game would have been any different. But all love to my Somerville brethren, Mr. Ray. Shout out to you, man. I appreciate your email, brother. Fort Dorchester is playing Somerville, I believe, October <laughs> the 28th. So, yeah, you know, 2022. Tickets will be on me, Ray, if you're trying to go out there to the game. I don't even know his Somerville ties if he's like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Born yeah. and bred or, or just like landed Down there. there. Right. Yeah, well, shout out to Dog. Shout out to Ray. We appreciate it. That's going to wrap it up for this week, man. We appreciate you tuning in. High Star, you uh, want to let the people know about anything you got coming up or anything? Not necessarily anything that I have coming up, but I do want to mention um, shout out to Neil Diamond and Sweet Caroline. Uh, our anthem out here in Charlotte, of course, but they played it for some reason at the UGA Alabama game. I understand uh, Alabama and stuff like that, but it was it was just kind of it was bizarre. Uh, as I it's a country song, a lot of Boston they played in um in uh, Fenway at every game. It's it's just one of those songs people it's my like micro, that's my micro that's my micro nothing to do with sports right there, bro. But it was just on my mind. The I didn't bring it up earlier. Grandma. I didn't bring it up earlier, and it was just on my mind. I was. I was thrown off when I heard it yet. Um, <laughs> like, wait, what? Am I home? Back yeah. America? Well, that's going to wrap it up for another episode. We appreciate you tuning in on your favorite podcast app. Make sure you next time tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can hit us up on Facebook and Instagram at Carolina Sports Talk. Or to be a part of the show, email us at cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. Until next time, peace.